Hey, it's JD here, and I just wanted to give you a heads up before you listen to this episode. Things get pretty intense at a point, and uh, there is talk of uh, suicide and suicidal ideations. So if that is triggering for you, you might want to skip this episode. Anyway, this is this week's The Berman Project. This is the Berman Project. Hey, it's JD here, back for another week of introspection and reflection on lost grief and the pathway to mental wellness, all the while nourishing my soul with the music and art of the late indie rock singer-songwriter, David Berman. Welcome to the show, folks. I'm JD, and, uh, well, I just basically said that and explained what the show was about, so there's that. I'm having a hell of a day. I'm looking out at the sky right now, and it is, uh, to quote Gord Downey, it's dull and hypothetical, and uh, it's it's um, it's tough. It's keeping me inside. We had a big storm here yesterday. Storms in January in Toronto typically involve a decent amount of snow, so there's a decent amount of snow out there. I don't know. There's not much. Uh, the city is the city is shut down basically, and it shouldn't be. You know, um, my kids are both home from school today. We let them stay home and have a snow day, even though the school is open. So there's that. That's the kind of parent I am. You're, there's going to be a truancy officer showing up at my door now that you're you're going to rat me out, and and uh, a truancy officer will show up at my door. I don't know. I just like to say truancy officer. It sounds. Uh, I don't know. It sounds menacing, doesn't it? Sounds like something that uh, is a, a tough job. A tough job, I bet. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm just okay. I uh, had a good... It's a Thursday when I'm recording this. And uh, I had a hell of a Tuesday and a hell of a Wednesday. Wednesday, uh, the... The back half of Wednesday was mostly me in a puddle of my own tears, just sick and tired of being sick and tired. And I don't know what else to add to that because it's it's at the point where I'm like I'm almost in physical pain. Like it's like. I don't know how to describe it, but it is—it's omnipresent. It's—it's it's just this sense of dread and doom, and hopelessness, and there's mounting anxiety that comes with that. In thinking that I got to stay alive for my family, and uh, it's a tough sled when not staying alive is—is is an option. And I've had some dark thoughts this week. I've had some really dark and twisted thoughts. And uh, if it were possible to regret something posthumously, I I think I would regret ending my life. But the relief that I might feel, it's the old Shakespearean dance, really, to sleep or chance to dream. Like, what if, you know, what if it only got worse after you died? That would, that would be no good. 
That's no good for anybody. So, yeah, I've been thinking about suicide. And um, it's not a nice thing. And what I do when I go to those dark places, typically, is I start to cleave to the past. I start to go through old photos and go through old videos and um, end up crying myself into into reality, I suppose. Um, You know, the harsh reality that here I am and I've got to persevere. And... That feels awful to say because I've got a family and I don't want to just persevere. I want to thrive. I, you know, I was watching these old videos of me with my kids the other day and it's like I was a different person. And I said that to my wife last night. I was like, I used to be different, right? This is not just in my head. It's not just in my head. Fucking sucks. And uh, I don't know what to do about it. Talked to my therapist the other day, and oh boy, she gave this is unrelated, but she gave me a great line because I am somebody that is, you know, constantly either regretting the past uh, or thinking about how I'm going to tackle the future, and I miss out on things as they happen in real time. It's almost akin to watching people watch concerts through their phones. You know, rather than experience it through their eyes, you see that a lot of concerts these days, and um, it's interesting to to see that. Uh, there's nothing wrong with it. Like you're going to experience it again when you get home by watching the video. So that's cool. You know, there's nothing wrong with that at all. But uh, the line that she gave me was, "If you've got one foot in the future and one stuck in the past, then you're likely pissing all over the present." And I just thought that was fucking brilliant. You know? Just that big squat that you're in. Legs spread. And you're just letting her dangle and pissing all over right now. <sighs> I relate to that way too much. How about you? Send me an email, jd at mediumalchemist.com. Would love to know what you do when you get stuck in these types of situations these moments. It's really shitty, man. Now, I did find something that was, I think it was cool. It was my wedding speech, but it's only a portion of my wedding speech. I don't know where the rest of it went. Um, but there's a, a part of it that really struck me. And uh, I just wanted to share it with you right now. The part that stuck, that stuck with me. I don't know where the whole, the rest of it went but it's a, a document here and it's the part about my mom and dad. And maybe it's because I was feeling nostalgic and feeling suicidal, you know, that I was really thinking about them. And when I read this, it really stuck and I need to listen to my own words and I need to, uh, again, for lack of a better term, persevere. I don't know. Here's, here's what I said in, 2011, December 31st, 2011, to my mom and dad, who are both still alive at the time. Mom and dad, I really don't know where to start. You guys are two very special people to me. You've encouraged me. You've challenged me. You've admired me. You've admonished me. 
You took a genetic ball of clay and began the process of shaping me into the man I've become. More important than this, you taught me that I am a work in progress, that the clay is still malleable and I can become anything I want to be. I will never be able to thank you enough for that, for all that you've done for me and my own family. I love you both dearly. I really like that idea of being a genetic ball of clay that, you know, your parents sort of mold into this person-like shape. And then it's up to you to remember that you're still malleable and use those arms that your parents, you know, formed for you to shape the rest of your experience and existence. And you just have to hope that your brain doesn't get in the way. In the times I dream of Jesus It's like he's coming through the walls When I'm working at my desk at night I hear his footsteps in the hall You can't believe me, not believe me I'm just a bird upon the sill And these words just course right through me Like water through a mill He was a rebel too He was a rebel too And he died for you and your sins he was a rebel Jew, he was a rebel Jew, let him in. Sometimes I dream of Texas, yeah it's the biggest part of me. And the plains look like the sea at night. Oh, she wants to be so free She is a rebel state She is a rebel state And it's not too late For her to break From a sick, sick union And unhealed wound and separate time I dream of Michelle and the towers in her mind some women lie down with killers oh my baby's not that kind she is a real good girl yeah she's a real good girl and she stops the world so I can see that she's a good, good girl a good, good girl to me Don't step on it, JD. 
Okay, there it is. That's Rebel Jew off of Tanglewood Numbers and um, a fine song. You know, that's a great song. It's uh, the second to last track on the record, and I feel like it's the first track that really gives you a taste of, of where we're going. And I said Tanglewood Numbers, didn't I? I meant Starlight Walker. Did I say Tangle with Numbers? I don't know what I said. It's Starlight Walker. It's the 10th track on Starlight Walker. That's the important thing. I've got it correct now. So that's the important piece. It's correct. I think that is a real trip into where this band is going. You've got the slide guitar in there. You've got the country-esque vibe. Um, and really, it's, it's the wheelhouse of a lot of the popular silver juice stuff and, and, and purple mountains as well. Purple mountains is a bit more poppy than country, but there's something rootsy about it, you know, like, and, uh, I've really fucking love that. I, I just love that. It's like rootsy lo-fi and that song. I would, I would put that song on a jukebox in just about any city in America. And I feel like it would get, you know, a person at every table sort of talking about it. They would be like, what is this? Who is this? It's it's a good fucking song, man. It's a good fucking song. And I really like it. What did you think? Let me know. JD at MediumAlchemist.com. Let's head over to our poetry corner. And we are continuing from Cantos for James Michener, part two. And this is CV. CV is the chapter we're on. We're not reading this whole thing together. Although somebody sent me an email the other day and suggested that when I'm done this epic poem that I should put them all together and make it, you know, the, um, like do a supercut of the, of this particular James Michener poem so that you can hear it all together. And I think I'll do that. That'll be like a bonus episode. No bonus feed. No, nothing like that. Just a bonus episode. That's all it'll be. This is, how many more are there? There are, oh God, there's like one, two, three. Yeah, there's like five more parts. Five more parts after this one. Anyway, this is CV. He woke up at 1234 and saw the Miranauts standing by the full-length mirror in their chrome uniforms. Their scouts had already crossed. They were going to war on the other side to fight for the strangers right to know for the models in the picture that come with the frame and all the others who seek freedom from liberty and movies about movies about movies. The room in the mirror is full of carbon monoxide. That's why we cannot pass without these chrome suits. If the other side looks identical, study closely. You'll see an object that's not in the room you're standing in, like a loot on the dresser partially hidden by compacts and atomizers. The mirror knots vanished into the glass. We are living in unwritten Bible stories, he thought, that God created forest clearing so he could spy on the Indians. Wow. Yeah. I don't know why I like that, but I like it a lot. It's so out there. And another reference to the Indians, in the last poem there was a reference to Indians, um, the unborn god of the sea, 
C8H17NO4S Indians on the bottom. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I haven't got a line on this at all. This is all over the fucking place. Mirror knots? Like, who the fuck are mirror knots? I don't know. Ugh. Anyway. Yeah, I like it. We'll continue onward, and then there'll be a supercut. The Berman Project is a production of Duvra Podcasts and Such. You can find out more about the show at www.thebermanproject.xyz. That's right. I'm fucking Canadian. I'm also social. Find me on Twitter, Instagram, and all the rest at Berman Project. Podcasts and such. <laughs>